Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll get straight into our feature interview after five and ask Garth, Garth, how much sympathy do you have for Rigger? Uh, his average should be so much better than that outrageous ruling we've just heard that uh, not outs uh, counters and out on the average. Well, I'm glad you're asking me about uh, about cricket and not the movie of the week, so I don't think I can help you with that. Um, but I look, I, I think, you know, Rigger's always been an averages man, and, and he's thought about these things long and hard, and it continues to torment him. And and I have sympathy, actually, because if you're retired out, isn't it true, Rigger, also, that if, you, if you're retired hurt, doesn't that count as, a, as an out as well? If you don't go back out. And, Garth, I'm glad you said yeah. averages man and not average man. Although both, no, 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 both no, could no, be no, accurate, anything, I guess. You're, <laughs> no, you're anything but average. No. <laughs> Garth, talk to I'll us. I'll tell you who, sorry, state... Beaver, I'll oh, tell you sorry, who else used to fill their boots on the old the tours over to England was Ken Rutherford, ah, Rigger, yes. you'll remember. Yeah. 300 against the Derek Robbins 11 uh, yep. some years ago. And he really did get himself, you know, he got himself into a lot of good form over there. Yeah, and then he'd just, just forget to score them when it mattered in the test matches, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't possibly comment to the man from Otago. <laughs> no, true. That's a bit hard. He's a damn good bloke. Well, struggling yeah, over there. Yeah. Are, you, are you surprised at um, what's been going on? I know, I know, Bangladesh in their own yeah. in their own conditions. You don't take lightly, but uh, really, we've we've played in those conditions enough. But substandard. Yeah, we have. Look, I I don't think we're playing well at all, and um, I, I am a little bit surprised. I suppose quite hard going into that from the World Cup, but. You know, I, I guess there are some selection issues that, that concern me. Uh, you know, we continue. I think it's harder to get out of the team than into it. Um, you know, once you're in it, uh, it looks like you're selected almost for life. And, um, you know, and I look at players like Santner coming back, and it just shows for me the dearth of quality spin bowlers in New Zealand. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the issue, the case of Henry Nichols, I think, is, is quite extraordinary. Um, you know, he scored 105 against South Africa, in, in, the, in the start of February 2022, uh, and that, that was a very good innings. But after that, he had 15 test innings where he was averaging 16, um, and they just continued to pick him and pick him and pick him, and his top score during that time was 39. You know, 15 test, test innings with a top score of 39, and of course, eventually, he played against a very weak Sri Lankan side where New Zealand scored 580 for four, uh, and he got 200. So it looks like he's in for another couple of years, uh, and, you know, he scored 19-2-1. So, you know, I, I struggle with it. I think Ravindra should be playing. I think we have problems with our spin bowlers, Rigger, and I'm interested in your views on that. Needless to say, we don't encourage spin bowlers, so our bat- batsmen don't get to play them, and it shows. 
uh, they don't play against a lot of the turning ball, and it really does show. So, and then of course when we when we do play our spin bowlers, uh, they come out of whatever cricket they've been playing over here. We only seem to play them in the subcontinent, and it's damn tough for them. Yeah, if you're a spin bowler in this country, uh, you know that. The death knell was when you got on a flat wicket and the, the, the player who then got a run was was Wagner, a fast bowler. So when you got on a wicket that was meant to be for a spin bowler, we'd go, well, let's go to Neil Wagner because he's a flat wicket specialist. Absolutely right. And, and you know, when we look at a player like Sodi, um, who was, of course, picked for the first test, and I've I got you know, nothing against this, she's been around... A long time. He has a you know a reasonable first class record. His test record is poor, but he he's been playing test cricket now for ten years. He started in 2013. He's played 20 tests. Um, he played 11 of those in the first year or just over in, in 14 months. And then from 2016 to now, he's played nine tests. You know, average of 42, uh, and, and and you know keeps getting picked. And that just tells me that we are. You know, we're just not encouraging spin bowlers. If he can still be picked after 10 years with a test average of 42, um, you know, as our second best spinner, you know, we've got real problems in that department. He's just not accurate enough. Gives away too many runs. And now, of course, uh, you know, in desperation, we've gone back from Sant- to Santner. Now, Santner's best test figures uh, are three for 57. You know, he's going for 45. Uh, in test cricket. He's going for 44 in first-class cricket. He's taken one five-wicket bag in first-class cricket. Now, and that's our best, that's our second-best spinner. I think it speaks volumes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They, they need to bowl. They need to be winning, not only bowling, but they need to be winning first-class games of cricket. Uh, and, and playing that, that, having that second innings where it's their responsibility. I think what highlighted that, and he is a good bowler, and he, he did prove his, his worth, but Bracewell, I felt so sorry for him against England in that last innings on a wicket that was turning. And here's a guy who's never really had to face that pressure of, of having to win a game in the last innings, having to do it in a test match. Yeah, really tough for him, and and I think he has done well, and you know, uh, and and they miss him because he can turn a ball, and he has been reasonably accurate. But again, he's a player who's been you know created, moulded uh, from a batting. Obviously, a very talented sportsman because he kept wickets for a while. Um, you know, I, I look at our selection policy and see how we look to try and and, and play spin bowlers who can bat a little bit. So. Uh, you know, in India a few years ago, they brought Ravindra in, I think, too early for his test career, and he struggled as a bowler. Uh, they had Patel, of course, bowling magnificently in Somerville. Um, now, you, you, you know, I've always felt that Santner's got picked a lot in test cricket, and, and let's not forget what a magnificent white ball player he is. He's wonderful, but he's been picked in test cricket because he can hold a batter bit as well. And now I see them, you know, starting to pick Phillips and things in that role. And sure, Phillips has picked up three wickets in, in, in this first inning, so fair dues. But it's not an answer to playing top quality spin bowlers. And when we look at how, uh, you know, McCullum is absolutely adamant that Leach will play every game that he is available for for that England team. Doesn't matter what the pitch is like, they commit to it. And, and that allows uh, Leach to have the confidence that he's in the squad, he's going to be playing, uh, and they back him. And, and you know, and we, didn't, we do not do that with our spin bowlers. We haven't done it for years. Garth, when uh, you and Rig talk about encouraging spin bowling and, and, ex- and encouraging the development of it, is, are you referring to, A, the, the pitches that we produce in New Zealand, or the fact that, from a selection point of view, if in doubt, we'll go before seamers. 
think it's a bit of both, Beaver. So, so um, the starting point is is developing spinners by giving them some conditions that you can bowl in. And, and I wonder whether we should be looking at, at at creating a couple of pitches around New Zealand where the ball does turn a little bit. You know, we do we do not really encourage that. And when it does turn, the turn's often quite slow, so that it doesn't. Yep. You know, it it really doesn't develop the spin bowler and, and the batsman's always on on the front, so to speak, or in front. Um, the second part of that is so that that then has an effect if you don't develop the top quality spin bowlers and allow uh, our batsmen to face them as well in conditions that are a little bit difficult. Uh, we don't develop the batsmen either, and, and we don't then. You know, New Zealand since Frank Cameron was a selector in the 1980s and 90s, and it was during a golden period for New Zealand, mainly during that 1980s period. Uh, but we had two very fine spinners there, in John Bracewell and Stephen Bock. And, and they played, you know, Bracewell played a bit more test cricket than, than Bock did, uh, but it was always going to be seamers with, with, with Frank. That was his way, and New Zealand have largely followed that throughout. See, I, I look at um, our, our wickets, and I think that does play a major part of it when it comes to developing players yeah. of this nature. You go, you go to Australia, and, and the, the, the clays or the saws they use, they offer a little bit in the first session for seamers. They have some bounce. They flatten out. They break up, and they get difficult to bat on, and they spin in the final innings. New Zealand, uh, you produce a, a, a goodish wicket or a good wicket. It just gets flatter and flatter and flatter. The only <laughs> way to actually bring the spinners into the game is effectively underprepare them. And I don't know if any groundsman is prepared to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And I, I, but I wonder if we should be looking at bringing in the, you know, when we're training players now and bringing them through, whether we should at least be creating practice conditions at the very least where we are experimenting with that and we are trying to get the ball to turn and bounce a little bit and encourage the bowlers. I mean, you'll remember, Mark, and, and you were playing a bit at this time, and it's nothing, certainly not to detract from your wonderful ability and record, but during the first-class games at times, the pitches really were flat. Um, uh, you know, I can remember uh, doing games out at the Curie 2 Oval going back probably around the start of the, well, I could say the turn of the century, I suppose, 2000. That makes us all sound old. But, you know, doing games out there and, and Plunkett Shield teams battling away or Shell Trophy as it was, battling away for first innings points with scores of 600. You know, just an eyesore and, and no one being encouraged to perform well. Bowlers not being encouraged to bend their backs. Uh, and the game at times was pretty ordinary. So, so I do think that unless we are prepared to commit uh, as a country, as a cricketing organisation, to the to the development of spin bowlers, more than just getting an overseas coach over every now and then to talk to them, uh, much more than that, it means investing money in conditions, uh, allowing uh, players to to play in them, to practice in them, to really understand the art of spin bowling. There's a lot required, but I don't think you know. I, I look at the way that this New Zealand team is performing. Its test record over the last year and a half or so is poor, since it won the New Zealand Test championship I can't see it's going to get any better at the moment they're not prepared to take any risks they don't seem to want to bring in uh, younger players they continue to pick the players who have been there for a long long time and it's starting to work against us tell you what those pitches at QE2 weren't flat when Warren Zineski was on the ground staff there <laughs> Promise well, he that. Was the yeah, there was, <laughs> he was the groundsman. Yeah. How's this? In first class cricket beef, you have a bloke who opened the bowling for the Canterbury team <laughs> who also was responsible for making the cricket pitch. <laughs> I don't know how they he ever got away with that. And these things had more grass in it than my berm. And, and I don't mow my berm, by the way. I think the council should have to do it. Um, <laughs> Mark, when I was playing um, for the university club in Dunedin, we 
we would play a few times a year against Kaikarai, and they had a, a Neil Mallander playing. Oh, yeah. And Neil, Neil was quick, <laughs> and um, yeah. he particularly liked breaking the bones of the Auckland players and broke a few over the years. He used to get worked up against them. But we, when we played Kaikarai, I was the assistant groundsman during the student holidays, and it was a great job with Keith Campbell down there. And I would sit on the roller for hours and hours and hours. And when I went out to bat, Mal would run in and bowl a ball that would pitch halfway down the pitch and come up to my knees. And we would just smile at each other. <laughs> he knew what I'd been up to. <laughs> yeah, well played. Um, speaking of quicks, uh, we've been I mean, talking about the dearth of spin bowling, but I'm starting, we're talking succession here, I'm starting to worry about uh, New Zealand's seam bowling stocks as, oh, as yeah. well and, yep. and the depth of that at the, uh, at the international level now. Look, I think we're in real trouble, um, and I've been saying it for a long time. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we have used the, the previous tours by sides like Bangladesh and Sri Lanka uh, at home to, to try and develop young players and bring them through and expose them to this level of cricket. Uh, and I think, you know, we've stuck with the, with the same old, same old. And, and there's an argument for that because, you know, you, you, I guess if you're playing the game, you want to be able to play against the, the very best sides, but you also want the benefit of playing against some of the weaker ones as well. But, but you know, the selectors have to be, you know, I, I just feel for a side like us or a country like us where we have fewer resources and, and less money, fewer players, and, and the amenities aren't as good as some of the overseas countries, we have to take risks from time to time. And I, I really do think that we are in a little bit of trouble now with the likes of, of Bolt disappearing. Uh, Salvi, no criticism of him. He's had a magnificent career, but he is getting slower uh, and, and, and a bit less effective. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes over the summer. Jameson seems to be injury prone and leads an awful lot of overs. Uh, if Henry, you know, Henry, I think, is, is a reasonable bowler, but seems to be better with the white ball than the red. Uh, and then there's not a hell of a lot after that. We, we saw last season uh, Kugelein being played and Tickner. I don't see them as being an answer uh, to New Zealand's fast bowling stocks in test cricket. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, it's, it's quite difficult to think where are you going to be looking. I see they've picked sides, uh, you know, for the Bangladesh, they've brought in O'Rourke, which is a, which is a good thing. Um, but, you know, we've got to be prepared to take some risks and play some, some young players. And if, if they lose in those circumstances, I don't think anyone's going to mind. But I think people are getting pretty frustrated at the fact that they just continue to turn out the same old stuff. And as I say, for me, Henry Nichols is, is a great example of extremely mediocre results, and he just can't seem to get out of the side. Garf, when you're talk, talking about sides, you, you touched on uh, O'Rourke's selection. What else have you made of that uh, ODI squad that's been named for, for the Bangladesh ones uh, after this test series? Well, I quite like it. I mean, I know, you know he's, he, he's obviously been picked for that, but, but there looks to be you know, a combination of, um, of youth, and they've picked the young Auckland spinner, which really appeals to me, so it will be interesting to see how he goes. It's a good thing to do over here. You know, give him a run against Bangladesh in our conditions. And, and see how he goes. Um, you know, they've brought in uh, a couple of other young players as well. So I was, you know, for me, I was absolutely thrilled to see what they've done with that squad because it looks like they've got a mixture of, of experience and youth. And, you know, for, for me, who cares if they lose a set, you know, games against Bangladesh? I don't think they will at home. I think they'll beat them. Uh, but I think it's really good to see some of these young players coming in and hopefully that can translate to the Test Series. It looks like, you know, with, with, with fans against South Africa, and they look to be quite a weak side coming over there because they've got the, the South African 
you know, this 2020 stuff going on. Uh, and who knows what sort of side they're going to bring out there. But it, we've then got two tests against Australia, and we have to perform against them. We've been bunnies for Australia for a long time. The last series, um, as you guys will recall, we lost 3-0 in Australia, and we really hardly fired a shot. We've got to turn up and be competitive against them, and I see now we've got you know, those four tests coming up in 2026-27. 20, uh, so you know, young players, I don't know, they tried ship lead. Do they, do they look at a player like O'Rourke in the test team? I don't, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And, and unfortunately, with cricket commentary, we don't uh, go all of the domestic games like we used to, so we don't get to see these, the, the, the players as we used to uh, day in, day out. Uh, but I think against South Africa, again, if it's a B or a C side that comes out here, they've got to possibly take a few risks and look to building into that Australian series. Well, Garth, thank you for your time. Again, thank you for your insights. And uh, here's hoping for a... Well, it wouldn't be a miracle for us to turn around this Test match, would it? But uh, let's hope for a good good night's no. cricket tonight anyway. Yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be a miracle. I think I think what you've got to see, and Mark, I'm sure you I'm sure you'll agree. I, I think you've got to see Mitchell and Phillips looking to play down the ground a bit and be aggressive. Um, you know, the, the longer they stay creased down, I think the harder it's going to be. Yeah, they just got to feel like they've got some support around them, so they have the confidence to actually do that. If they feel they have to shoulder it all themselves, then that little bit of doubt comes in, and you don't fully commit. Yeah, nice to talk to you guys.